On today's Hoosier Experience, I'm joined by Tyler Talkman of InsideTheHall.com. Tyler joins to talk about the Maui Invitational performance that he was at in person, and then also uh, the obvious, you know, upcoming game tomorrow night against Florida State, the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge, and he, as always, does a great job with his coverage. Give him a follow on Twitter. He he drops his Twitter in the pod, so you know, listen to that to get that. Um, look, Indiana is. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit of football now because the the rankings dropped while we were talking, the CFP rankings. And predictably, Twitter is extremely frustrated uh, because IU holds firm at number 12 after beating ranked Wisconsin. It just doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Indiana goes into Madison and gets a, a quality win, what, what everyone would say is a quality win. And... They, they don't get any love for it. Um, Iowa State jumps up after beating West Virginia, or thrashing West Virginia. Georgia holds firm. Miami, Florida holds firm. Oklahoma holds firm. You know, none of these teams have looked uber impressive. And Indiana has one loss by seven points to the committee's fourth-ranked team in a game that had several, several opportunities for for the Hoosiers to potentially flip that game and win that game. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't really understand it. It is frustrating the amount of disrespect. I know a lot of IU fans on Twitter are saying, hey, you know, get used to it. It's Indiana football. They're going to disrespect us. And as, as someone who, who, who hasn't been a longtime follower of Indiana football, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then the committee's talking about, you know, impressive wins to justify this. And I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, I don't know how going into Wisconsin and getting a big road win without your starting quarterback against a top 25 team isn't impressive. But nonetheless, the committee has made their decision and we have to follow what the committee says um, if we wanted to go to four teams in my mind we should have kept the bcs system picked the top four and gone from from there i don't know why we're giving the power to these ad's indiana football um stays put at number 12 in the cfp rankings after jumping to number eight in the ap poll so make of that what you will. Um, it's frustrating. It's, it's, it's infuriating, quite frankly, for, for a lot of Indiana fans. And it doesn't make, doesn't make a ton of sense uh, to me or to a lot of uh, us IU followers and, and supporters because there's just not a great explanation for it. So thanks, committee. You did it again. Here's Don Fisher. Three seconds, two seconds, Riddell all the way outside the Watford, three on the way. Oh! And Wyatt! And Wyatt! And Indiana wins the ball game! Well, 
Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Experience Podcast. My name is Aiden Koontz, and today I'm joined by Tyler Talkman from Inside the Hall. We're going to talk a little bit uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge with IU going to Florida State and maybe wrap up the Maui, which you were at, right, Tyler? You were in person then? Yes, I was. It was uh, very exciting to, to see some college basketball live. Yeah, so how what was that like, being in Asheville, probably uh, – what it seemed like a convention center. It was like you and a couple other media people. I know the Titus and Tate boys were there. What what was that like? Yeah, it was uh, it was very kind of unconventional. Um, there wasn't really a, a media space um, in the in the stadium, so the the media was kind of just scattered, sitting in the um, kind of seating up. So there was no like work tables or anything. Um, so that was that was different than than what it would usually be at assembly hall and the other thing that was kind of different was um, in assembly hall the the crowd noise that they piped in was relatively soft it was sounded more like a whisper and then um, in in the Maui Invitational it was very loud like you could barely even hear someone that was right you know across the row from you so um, it was definitely an odd experience but I think it's one that kind of people watching on TV and then and me going to games, um, it'll probably kind of seem to get a little bit more normal over the course of the season. Yeah, that's that's funny you say that because everyone's been talking about this Assembly Hall crowd noise. I'm going to be there for the North Alabama games. So I'll, I'll see for myself. But uh, it's definitely weird. But, yeah, like you said, maybe get a little more normal. Did you have – you know, I've done a recap pod from Maui, but just if you had any of your own – kind of big thoughts um I, I still kind of think that it's like a little too early to make any big conclusions about this team based on you know a three-game Maui stretch which was kind of weird in that they played pretty well two times and and obviously played really poorly once did you have any any kind of big takeaways or was it just kind of wait and see with this with this team I mean I think the main takeaway is unfortunately with you know this isn't something that IU fans want to hear, but it's just going to be probably that kind of up and down season with, with a lot of inconsistencies, um, very similar to it was last year. And we saw that it was kind of a microcosm um, in the Maui Invitational. They played great against Providence, then horribly against Texas, and then looked great again against Stanford on the next day. But I think especially with just the kind of structure of this season, them not really getting many preseason games, um, and just all the uncertainty with the coronavirus that, especially in the Big Ten, where there's going to be a loaded conference again, there's going to be some games where they're not going to look good at all. And, you know, maybe against at Illinois or, you know, you play Iowa. Um, so I guess that was kind of my main takeaway is that it's not going to be a, a smooth sailing season as maybe people would hope in, um, in Archie Miller's fourth year. Um, and I mean, I think the other kind of things that stuck out to me were, were just, you need to get Trace going. Um, it obviously showed in the third game when he's dominating. Um, it, there's a great chance for, for Indiana to win. And then there's kind of those role players that have stepped up a little bit like Armand Franklin. I think he looked great just throughout the whole season, but especially in that Stanford game. Um, he looks like totally a different player than he did last year, just with a lot more confidence and poise and um, – and then you kind of need the guys like Jerome Hunter to uh, to step up and, and Rob Finnessy to really find his footing for, for Indiana to, to eventually put it all together. 
Yeah, I think you're you're right. I mean, the the trace thing, he we have to go through trace. That that is pretty clear at this point. And just you know, transitioning to tomorrow night's game, which is uh, I think a seven fifteen tip now. Um, obviously, them going down to Florida State, a team with a ton of length, a ton of size. That's going to be more important than ever. I mean, this is a team that year in and year out just has big dudes always seems to have like the the biggest athletes and you know once again it's kind of that same deal with you know highlighted by their point guard Scotty Barnes who's six foot eight and obviously a a high highly ranked recruit um the the center I think Nagome or Noam he's seven foot one you know how important do you think it'll be and and how successful do you think they can be against Florida State as far as going inside and working inside out because look, they tried to play inside out at Maui. They went through race and through trace and against a team with that kind of size, that kind of length, it's going to be pretty difficult for them in my mind to have a ton of success in the paint, even though trace is obviously a stud, maybe he's on his game, but even if he is on his game, you, you can't teach length. You can't teach athleticism. And both of those things are, are not exactly IU's strong suit, especially with Joey Brunk being out. So I'm a little skeptical of this matchup. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, the first thing I have to say is thank goodness for them moving up the time from 9.30 to 7.15 so I can get to bed before 3 a.m. So I'm sure uh, everyone's happy about that. I know they like putting Indiana in that that late time slot. Um, But as far as the game, I mean – it's definitely one that I wouldn't be surprised to see Indiana lose, especially on the road. Now, can they win? Yes, but they're going to have to do a lot of things right. And I kind of just point to the Texas game. I think Florida State is very similar to Texas. They just have athletes all around, like you were mentioning, and, and a lot of size. And, and Scotty Barnes, he's, you know, pushing six nine and handling the ball. So that's someone that Armand Franklin, you know, might be tasked with stopping. Um, but just the pressure that Florida State puts on defense, and they also just come in waves. They just have a ton of depth. They are losing um, three of their better players from last year, Devin Vassell, uh, Patrick Williams, and Trent Forrest. Um, Patrick Williams, I think, was a, was a top four or five pick in, in this last NBA draft, um, but they do have MJ Walker returning. Just a lot, of, a lot of kind of role players that they can just substitute in and out, mix and match. Um, and especially with, with Joey out, um, this is this, the smaller lineup that everyone's been asking for. And, and this could be the point where um, you kind of wish that you maybe had Justin Smith to play bigger but just because of all the length that Florida State has. So I'm really interested to see how the, the smaller kind of guard-oriented lineup is going to match up against them because it's probably going to come down to, to Indiana guys like Trey Galloway making the hustle plays and just wanting it more because there's no other way to really make up for that lost height and length. Yeah, it's it's not a great matchup on paper. And it's also one where you got to think, you know, having out Durham, there he's, he's out for this game, right? I mean, yeah, the, 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 the official word was game time decision. Um, that's kind of what it had been with Joey Brunk the first four games, and, and he didn't play any of them. So um, I, I think it's kind of a, a coin flip at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a situation where 
you if you let's say you don't have Durham, if you had him, you know, maybe you could do try to beat him with your quickness, try to go, you know, those three guards, push the break, push the tempo, the stuff we heard about in the offseason that hasn't necessarily manifested itself uh, because they have such big lineups, but because, you know, Durham out, Brunk out, it just really limits IU. And, and it just doesn't it feel like they need to have a breakout performance from someone like a Jerome Hunter or someone like a Christian Lander in order to, to win this one? And, and do you see that happening? I mean, what I've seen from Jerome has been somewhat disappointing, not bashing the guy, but definitely had pretty high expectations for him. And he's just been struggling so far, which is totally okay. And, and obviously Christian is just getting used to the, the speed of the game and, and, you know, games like this against really good perimeter athletes usually don't bode super well for Christian. You know, do you see someone kind of surprising us and, and maybe it's, that's something that it's impossible to see before time. And, and we just, that's why it's a surprise. I, I don't know. No, I think that is definitely possible for someone like uh, Jerome Hunter to break out. We've seen in, in the first game against Tennessee tech that, I mean, there's flashes. That's not the greatest competition, obviously, but flashes of, of him making good post moves, slashing and, and making just, you know, good plays looking more, more like his, um, like how he did coming out of high school and not as much as a redshirt freshman last year. Um, but I think it's definitely possible for, for him to have a big game. And, and for Indiana to win, they need one of those wild cards to, to put a big number. Someone like either Jerome to maybe put up 17 to 20, something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. have Trey Galloway have the same type of game um, that he did against Tennessee Tech. Uh, I mean, I think you know, there has been some frustration with Lander and Archie Miller has really implored people to just be patient. He's learning the game. But I think a lot of fans were hoping that with all the kind of offensive uh, stagnancy um, from last year, that Lander would be someone that could immediately come in and and jumpstart the offense and really provide a spark plug. And he hasn't really done that um, to the extent that people would like to see so far. Um, So, I mean, for Indiana to win, um, tomorrow or um, against Florida State they're going to need Trace to to really be a force down low like he was against Stanford and then and then you need some some wild cards and, and guys that that maybe haven't been playing great the last couple of games to really step up yeah and and with the Lander thing it's like look I never bought into the I mean I've seen the kid play he's from Evansville where I'm from I've seen him play throughout high school and it just isn't someone who was going to come in and, and average 15, you know, or average 10 off the bench right away. Um, that was never realistic. I don't think I've seen anything from him that has been con- super concerning. The shot selection maybe could be cleaned up. I wish he would attack the basket a little bit more. But, you know, when he's shooting those threes, they're not the worst shots in the world. And and let's be honest, it's 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 a kid who we know can shoot. It's just a matter of when will they fall. And, you know, hopefully that comes soon for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the only problem I kind of have with that is that that seems to be the, the kind of storyline for Indiana in general. You have mm-hmm. guys like Armand Franklin coming out of high school. They're tabbed as really good shooters. They come to IU. They can't shoot. Guys like Rob Finnessy. I mean, last year, Rob shot, I think it was 37 or so percent from the field, not even the three-point line, but the field. So, mm-hmm. 
it, it's it, it is kind of a waiting game of like when when can these guys start to to get some shots to go down but at a certain point it's like the, you know there's only so much waiting you can do and, and obviously I'm not saying that for Lander because he is very young he should be a senior in high school right now but I'm just kind of pointing out as kind of a whole trend is it seemed like we've just been kind of waiting and waiting for the shots to fall and a lot of the times they just never really come well and that's a great point and I think that point could be used with someone like Leal because that's a guy who's like dude you're here to shoot and so far he hasn't made those shots he also hasn't gotten a ton of playing time but he will be one that's interesting to track as we go forward because I mean look if Anthony Leal's shooting like 30% from three on a fairly, you know, decent sample size. That's really concerning. And that maybe brings up some questions about the staff. Yeah. Uh, the first thing he has to do though is shoot. There, there was a time in, yeah, in the totally. Invitational, he was wide open in the corner and, and he didn't even give it a chance. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the first thing for him is just, um, just, just giving it a chance and letting it fly, especially because he was known as a, a, a very good shooter um, out of Bloomington South. Yeah, and I think, you know, the freshman class as a whole has, has been impressive. I, I like that Geronimo's getting minutes um, because I didn't know if he would or not. I didn't know if he would, he would get, you know, legitimate minutes, and he definitely has somewhat due to the absence of Joey Brunk. But good to see him getting minutes. Galloway, obviously, well-documented how, how good he's been this year for, for Indiana. You know, when you look at a guy like Scotty Barnes, and, and you know, I, I doubt you know too much about Scotty. I don't know a ton about him. But, you know, when you look at a matchup like that where you've got a 6'8", 6'9", point guard who can, you know, handle the ball, he's big, he's strong. Really the only knock I've seen on him is, is that he's not a great shooter at this point. And, of course, it'll be his first real game against, you know, legitimate competition as well. Uh, well, while IU has – some games under their belt, which is, which is maybe one of the only reasons why I think they might be able to keep this competitive. Um, when you look at a guy like Barnes, you know, you mentioned Franklin potentially drawing that matchup. That's going to be a tough one. Just uh, not nothing to do with Armand's skill, but just human anatomy where he's, he's losing about five inches, you know, whatever amount of pounds of muscle to, to someone like Barnes. Um, you know, don't you think IU is going to have to get pretty creative with its defensive schemes in terms of just, not leaving Armand on an island with a guy like that too often? Yeah, I think it, it might be a fact of them just having to rotate a bunch of guys on him, throw a bunch of different looks at him, maybe rotate, um, you know, have Armand on him for a little bit, throw Jerome Hunter on him, then get Geronimo on there to, to try to pester him and, and just just try to keep him out, out of his rhythm. Um, Indiana has, has done a great job the first – four games playing, you know, on the defensive side, they've, they shut down Zaire Williams. Um, and Texas, even the game that they got blown out, I mean, Texas shot under 40%, I believe it was. So their defense as a whole has been very, very good, especially how early in the season it is. But for a guy like Scotty Barnes, I think it's just a matter of just trying to keep him out of his rhythm and, and, you know, hoping that, you know, his freshman and not as experienced self might show through a little bit and, maybe get him frustrated and um, early on and just just keep him out of a rhythm yeah and and the other thing with Florida State that I thought was kind of interesting is you know I was listening to Leonard Hamilton talk about his team and he had some media availability and you know it was almost like he was just he was quick to downplay them he was just very you know it was almost like he was criticizing them he was just saying look like 
we're nowhere near where we want to be um, in terms of just the overall year. And, and he was just playing up Indiana and, and kind of downplaying his own team, which I think is, is a lot of typical coach speak. But at the same time, it does make me a little optimistic for Indiana in that, like I said earlier, they've already played the games that they've had. They've already been – they've played the opponents that they have. You know, Texas obviously getting getting blown out by a good Texas team, it should be mentioned, that, that also took Villanova to the wire the other day, I think Sunday. You know, how much do you think that playing those four games versus Florida State playing one game against an overmatched opponent, you know, plays a role in this game? Yeah, I think there's kind of two sides to it. I think the the first point is obviously, um, especially with the freshmen at, at Indiana, it gives them a lot more experience and um, kind of going into a game like this where they, you know, have a better idea of what they're going to expect. But on the flip side, something that Archie Miller has talked about a lot is that just coming off of three games in three days that the team is really banged up. You already have Al Durham that's hurt. You have Joey Brunk that's hurt. Um, so I think, you know, playing playing those three games back to back to back in Maui um, kind of put their their bodies um, in a difficult situation as he wanted to jump right back into practice but the kind of more responsible thing to do was to take it slower make sure that guys are um, getting healthy and recovering um, so I, I think that it does does um, help them in terms of experience but it also kind of puts them as a, at a disadvantage in terms of Florida State will probably be as well rested as any team in the nation. Yeah I was reading your uh, your like news and notes thing about the radio show and I, I remember seeing that and then someone in the comments said typical arch making excuses before games again. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah what, what's your take on on Archie as a whole? I mean I think to me it, it seems pretty clear he unless this goes into disaster mode he should he should at least get another year but I don't I don't know what's what's your your opinion of, of the job he's done so far yeah I mean I, I think that um I, I think I saw a stat a uh, a couple a week or two ago and it was Ken Palm rankings from fourth year head coaches and um, Archie Miller was had the highest ranking, and each year it was kind of incrementally increased. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the one thing from you know just being Indiana basketball, the brand, the history is that people are going to expect you to come in and immediately win and have success. And he's kind of done it at a slower pace, his own pace, um, which is a lot of times what people not didn't necessarily want to see. But I think last year them would have what would have been an NCAA tournament appearance um, really kind of helped him get off the hot seat. But I think that just overall, I mean, he's, he's making, um, he's making some, some very good steps in the right direction um, just very slowly. And we've seen it kind of come together already this year in, in the Stanford and Providence games, especially just as a whole with their defense. I think when I look to kind of his development, in the program is just looking at the defense. This is something that he's always talked about. And now you really see it come to fruition with, with how, how intense and, and well played that their, their defense has been so far. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the other thing with Archie is, is the recruiting side of things. And, and I know you do, you know, a good amount on, on recruiting for, for inside the hall. And, and, you know, that's another thing where it's like, 
I don't know. I feel like the, you know, the missing on Kaufman, the missing on Miller, uh, fans are, are a little quick to freak out over those things. And, you know, when you look at kind of the long-term IU, you know, when you look at this team for next year and beyond, it, it just seems to me like, okay, he missed on, on a few guys. It seemed like Kaufman was more interested in playing the three. Miller was skinny as a rail. He wasn't going to be able to contribute right away. You know, you go to the transfer market and, and utilize that, which has become, you know, almost essential for, for college basketball. I know they're in the top four for a really talented player in Parker Stewart from UT Martin. He's not a big, but but he is a, a talented player. And, and you know, they're in the, the mix for him. You know, what do you make of the recruiting side of things? And and I assume you're with me that that it's not time for, for DEFCON, you know, freak out after missing on, on Kaufman and, and Miller. No, I mean – I think Kaufman was kind of an outlier from what Archie Miller has done the last couple of years. I mean, he brought in Romeo Langford. He brought in Trace Jackson Davis. He brought in Anthony Leo. That's, that's three Mr. Basketball. So he essentially kind of locked down the state of Indiana, which, which was his strategy. And then he got guys like Armand Franklin, Trey Galloway, Christian Lander, who, you know, had a very good, good chance of being Indiana Mr. Basketball this season. So, I, I mean, I just see see those as small hiccups. I, I don't really see that as a, as a big trend because if you look over the last four years since he's been head coach, he's done an outstanding job, um, you know, really really keeping the, the talent um, in the state of Indiana to come to IU. Yeah, he absolutely has. And, and there will be chances, you know, in the future to do the same thing with Jalen Washington coming up in 2022. You get a guy like Jalen Hooks in 23, who's, who's very talented, you know, final thoughts before Indiana plays Florida state, um, what you're watching, what you're looking for. And, and do you think there's any kind of outcome from this game that, that will make you overreact? I know there's outcomes that will make the fan base overreact, but, but what would be the outcome where you're like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Well, um, I think that the biggest thing is to, to just not replicate what happened to Texas. It's a, it's a very similar matchup. Yeah. And, and something that Archie Miller said was that, you know, they, they're learning on the fly and against Texas, they had to learn really quickly, but, but that was concrete evidence of the things that they needed to fix. So I'm looking for them to, you don't want to have them come out flat again, like they did against Texas and really be bothered by their length. This is where you kind of already earlier in the season, you see, can this team make adjustments? Can, can they keep the really solid defense? Can they start to shoot better from three? Um, so I look, look at this kind of as a litmus test from that game against Texas too. Is there improvements in this kind of small period of time? Now they may not win. They, they may lose by five or 10 points, but I think if they, if they lose by five or 10 and you see improvements from that game against Texas, and I think that's definitely a good sign going forward. Yep. I agree with you. I think, uh, Look, they'll at least keep it probably uh, pretty competitive. And if they don't, then they don't. You got to evaluate on a game-by-game -game basis. Uh, the more concerning thing to me would be if they lose that crossroads game to Butler. I just don't think Butler's very good. So that's one that you kind of have to have if you're IU. And in my mind, uh, I don't know if you agree with me there, but I just think Butler's clearly kind of in a down year, and, and that's a team IU should beat. Yeah, and, and it should be interesting to see if they even play the game because I know yeah. Butler's paused right now, and I think every game up to that point for them has been postponed at least. So it'll be interesting to see if we even get to that point. Yep, it's an ever-revolving season. Uh, Tyler, just tell us where you can find your work. 
Um, you can find it at insidethehall.com and uh, on Twitter, Tyler underscore T15. Good Ratatouille takes on there, I'll say. Oh, yeah, of course. That's an all-time favorite movie for sure. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's, that's one of the greats, no doubt about it. Um, just give him a follow on Twitter. It's, it's good stuff. All right, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, <laughs>